0: Okay, here we go. This is Yaks and Cats. I'm AC Ba, and this is... Yanks and Krauts, Austin. What? Yanks and Krauts. What? Yanks uh, and Krauts. You said Yaks
1: and Cats.
0: Did I? I'm pretty sure I said Yanks and Krauts. But I like Yaks and Cats. We should go with that one. Maybe we should talk about this name sometime. This is Yanks and Krauts. I am AC Baugh, and my co-host is Marcus Schuler. Marcus, what's in the news? Uh,
1: that, that sounded so official, Austin. Okay, I mean, this week has been... Mind blowing. I was kind of every day there were some other news. For instance, the Supreme Court uh, heard arguments on whether states can keep former President Trump off the ballot for insurrection. Verdict coming, we hope soon, but it doesn't look like the judges will agree with Colorado. So, yeah, we probably have to wait and then the result will be kind of disappointing.
0: Also, let's see, Biden will not be indicted for having classified documents parked next to his Corvette, or should I say, for having parked his Corvette next to classified (laughs) documents. But special counsel Robert Heard did take the opportunity to say Biden is old and losing his memory. Former Fox host Tucker Carlson uh, went to Russia to shill for Putin.
1: Oh, yeah, that was also a very uh, interesting story. We should talk about that one as well. And the Senate failed to approve the border deal after all the work Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma did. And failure number two, Congress wasn't able to impeach Homeland
0: Security Secretary Mayorkas. Hey, Marcus, you know, I was wondering, do you think that when Congressman Matt Gates, you know him, the young guy? The, the, with the young girls? Yeah. The <laughs> hey, very I, young girls? I, the, I, he claims he doesn't know how old they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that when Matt Gates sees someone like Senator Langsford in the parking lot on Capitol Hill, he yells, OK, Boomer, guns his engine, spins his tires and races off? What I mean is, I mean, imagine the contrast between a serious politician like Langsford and these other idiots in Congress that just waste people's time.
1: I mean, honestly, Austin, it's disheartening to see some politicians treating their work as a joke. and I mean, it's a shame and I wonder what could be the reason behind it. Is it uh, media outlets such as CNN, Fox News, MSNBC that oversimplify things? Or is it uh, maybe social media, where people tend to gain attention only by being loud and aggressive? Are we all becoming attention whores, attention seekers by using social media? In my opinion, we should not allow ourselves to be consumed by the need for attention and followers, but I guess that's what's happening right now in
0: our society, or been happening for the past 10 years. Well, I'm old enough that I blame everything on social media. Oh yeah, that's very smart. Um, And there's obviously an interplay. The media seeks out the uh, sensational stuff. That's what gets views. And then, you know, people will play into that to get attention.
1: What else? Yeah. I mean, let's talk about the topic that probably everybody is talking about, even talking about in the, Coming months, Joe Biden. We know that the special counsel Robert Hur is a Trump-appointed uh, prosecutor from Maryland. What do you think, Austin? The fact that he's a Republican did it play a role in the drafting of his 300-page report? Uh,
0: I think it did play a role, and I'd like to talk more about that uh, later on. So um, let's uh, let's put that one up on the uh, on the board, and I'll get to that a little okay. later on. And then what do you got? What else?
1: After the report was published, Joe Biden addressed the press. That was super quick, highly unusual for Joe Biden, and he seemed visibly annoyed. But he affirmed that his memory works and is uh, good. However, he made a verbal flop that has been making Democrats nervous for months. He mistakenly referred to the president of Egypt, Abdel Fattah el-Sisi, as the president of Mexico. I mean, Austin, come on. We are witnessing Joe Biden putting his presidency here on the line.
0: Uh, You know, I'm I'm a little less critical. In fact, I would bet if I stopped you on the street and said, who was the president of Egypt, you'd have a hard time coming up with that name. Oh, of course. I mean, you know, we just, well, I didn't practice it. You practiced it.
1: I practiced it, but I didn't know.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's, um, Abdel Fattah al-Sisi. Yeah. Wow. I'm surprised I even pulled that off reading it. Yeah. I'm a little less critical of the, I think there's a difference between a, uh, a, um, a misspeak, a verbal gaffe and being completely confused about something and then going on about it and elaborating about it. And then when you're all done, finding some way to construe that that was what you meant to say. That to me is the, the worst crime, um, or the worst, you know, behavior. All right, so what do we got going on here? So you're worried about whether or not the president's, yeah, well, the presidency's on the line, I think, all the time, especially with uh, Joe Biden. He can't catch a break from uh, at least half the country and half the media. Last week, you know, even I was referring to uh, uh, President Obama and I said Trump. So I guess that means I can't be president. And there are other reasons why I probably shouldn't be president. But yeah, I don't think it's evidence that he's losing his mind. Let me say something about Joe Biden and the special counsel's report and stuttering. I actually want to talk about stuttering. Uh, I'm going to do this by way of analogy. I have a, I'm going to tell you about a friend of mine. He's literally the smartest man I know, literally the smartest person I know. And, um, Maybe we need to call this part, not just news. This is uh, the stuff that's going to be timeless. If I share any wisdom with you, you can take it with you and and move on. So this friend of mine uh, has stuttered from his childhood, but let me tell you how smart he is. He is a nuclear physicist by education, PhD in nuclear physics. He met Robert Oppenheimer. He's a little older now, but he was a young physicist. Oppenheimer was still around. He knew all the guys we talk about. He, you know, if you saw the movie about Robert Arbra- Robert Oppenheimer, he probably knew half the guys in that film. <laughs> By profession, he became a nuclear engineer and engineer of other sorts. His hobby is uh, his hobby was Big Bang theory astrophysics. That's what he did for fun in his free time. He one time uh, asked me to recommend a book and I recommended, because we were talking about magic realism, I recommended he read a hundred years of solitude. I recommended this book to him at about 10 o'clock in the evening. He called me the next morning because he wanted to talk about it. It It was like seven in the morning. And I said, how far have you, how far have you gotten? He said, I finished it. And I said, it is seven in the morning. You read this, he said, I finished it at four, but it was too early to call you. Here's the thing. When I went and uh, had breakfast with him to talk about this book, he knew the book better than anybody, you know, I knew who knew the book better than me who recommended the book. He, um, understood the author's intent in ways I hadn't seen. I mean, this guy is brilliant, super smart man, but he stutters. And this is what he told me about stuttering. Uh, According to like his research, because he researches everything, stuttering probably starts in children who have not turned off half of their brain when they're talking. Both sides of your brain have language centers. You're trying to talk and you're constantly picking between one or the other. And um, if a parent reacts when you stutter, it ingrains the behavior because babies want attention. So in a weird way, he's using both sides of his brain. We all do this to some extent. We're all aware that we're saying one thing, thinking about another. Most of us just shut down half of our brain when we're talking so we don't stutter. So are you saying that people who stutter are super smart? I believe my understanding is that there is a connection between intelligence and stuttering. The, uh, um, the National Institute of Health came out with a statement a little while back and said that there was no evidence that people who stuttered were less intelligent. I think there are some studies that suggest that stutter stuttering happens among people who are intelligent. I think we also find this with some other disorders like uh, ADHD. A lot of very successful creative types, you know, have evidence of ADHD and so on. But anyway, so he stutters. So this is what he described his experience to me being like mm-hmm. he is constantly not saying what half of his brain wants to say. He's aware of it and he can pick and choose, but he has to pause and he has to slow down sometimes.
1: And that's why his
0: brain is is kind of stumbling? Well, it's his mouth is stumbling. This guy's brain, I think, is working full speed, both sides, all the time. So his mouth can't follow... Essentially, that's that seems to be what it is. He has learned to speak in public environments because he's been the leader of many very large engineering projects. He um, there's some other things, too. I kind of don't know if I should say all of these, but one of them is, you know, if he really cares about the people he's talking to, he's more likely to stutter. If he's just whipping something out. he's more emotionally involved? More emotionally involved. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. He will stutter around his friends and family more. He'll get hitched up on his speech. If he's doing a presentation on something he knows really well, he kind of tunes out the audience. He gets paid a whole lot of money to lead these programs, and he kind of doesn't care if they listen to every word. And, you know, you wouldn't necessarily know in a professional environment if he studied. There are also actors who study, and they... They've learned to become a persona that doesn't stutter. Um, it's, I actually, it's actually pretty common uh, among actors, that and shyness too, I read somewhere. Anyway, so I, I, I'm not saying Biden's the smartest man in the world. He is old. We both know that You know, we would love to have different candidates running in this election. I think you probably tend more to one side than the other, and I tend to the other side. We would both like to have some other options. It's just not on the cards for us. But hang on, hang on, Austin.
1: You 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 were speaking about stuttering, and um, I think Biden has that very much under control. But w- what's kind of surprising and sometimes shocking when he comes up with the wrong names. For example, he was talking at that at at that dinner, and he spoke about. Um, Chancellor Merkel, but he mentioned uh, Helmut Kohl, the former German Chancellor, and uh, during that time he was already dead. And I think that's what people make think, oh my gosh, what is happening here? It's about the memory function of your brain and it's not about
0: controlling your brain. So, uh, you know, what I think is anybody that's in the public sphere who speaks publicly, I know you've done um, broadcast, I was a teacher for many years, I actually am a tiny bit of a stutterer. I've completely overcome it uh, among certain audiences, for instance, uh, around students, I pretty much never, no one ever sees it. When I uh, talk in front of adult audiences, I sometimes get hung up on words. So that's the stuttering. Now you wanna talk about the memory. I think anybody that speaks publicly, uh, imagine having everything you said recorded, diced, parsed, thought about, repeated. I suspect we are one, generally more guilty of forgetting things and misspeaking and saying the wrong thing, mixing people up. I'm terrible with names for instance then we realize but someone isn't going around and checking us all the time so I think there's a factor there and yeah I mean you know this guy's you know he's getting a little bit on in years but you know he's he's around competent people I'm not saying he has to rely upon them but uh, okay so let's let's talk about the press conference he held mm-hmm. yes got out there very quickly
1: and he was right uh, up. He was right, almost correct. aggressive, kind of, or in an aggressive mood and and wanted to defend himself. Correct. He felt and that he was not, that the report was not correct.
0: And, and there were parts of it that were uh, inappropriate for the venue. And we could talk about that more a little bit later on. But, you know, he was talking about, for instance, uh, you know, the statement in the report that he couldn't remember his sons uh, when his son died. And again, I think back, about my friend. They're probably, I mean, if you ask me something that sensitive, painful, hurtful, designed really to get a reaction. I mean, maybe uh, uh, Robert uh, is trying to say, well, it's this important thing you can't remember. I think when you hear that question, that is Joe Biden pausing to slow down his head. And and he said this, and I, and I believe it. He said, I was thinking, that is none of your damn business. And I was thinking, that sounds very real to me. If you know a stutterer and you get into that position with them, they would rather not talk than stutter.
1: And to his defense Israel, Hamas had just happened. Yeah. And, 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 and did the interview.
0: R- right. There's a whole lot of stuff going on. It was a long day, but that shouldn't be an excuse. We're talking about mm. the president of the United States. But I think there's a lack of under... Well, there definitely was bias in the report, I think. You know, I I think, uh, uh, you know, that press conference, uh, first question went to uh, Peter Ducey. Mm -hmm.
1: From Fox News.
0: And, uh, And he says, you know, how bad is your memory? And I think maybe you can play this clip for us.
1: President Biden, something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged
0: is because in His description You are a well meaning elderly man with a poor memory.
2: I'm well meaning and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. That's totally how bad
0: out- is your memory? And can you continue as president?
2: My memory is so bad I can let you speak. <laughs> that's you, uh, that's, that's, you know that's your what your memory I mean. has gotten worse, Mr. No, president. No, my memory is not good, my memory is fine. My memory, take a look at what I've done since I've become president. None of you thought I could pass any of the things I got passed. How'd that happen? You know, I guess I just forgot what was going on. Mr. Major president, Major president. Uh,
0: He says, how bad is your memory? And, and Biden responds, uh, my memory is so bad, I let you speak. That to me is quick-witted. It's a sign of intelligence. You know, he followed up with just some sarcasm about, yeah, I am a, you know, a, a sympathetic old man or whatever. So... Um, Yeah, you know, look, we all worry about it. Uh, I'm not going to say that I don't wish we didn't have younger, more dynamic uh, candidates. What do you think? I mean, Austin, I I get the feeling that um,
1: the media isn't talking about it openly, but I'm wondering who the Democrats might consider as an alternative candidate. I mean, could it be someone like uh, the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, or maybe uh, Kamala Harris, or perhaps, uh, don't laugh, Joe Manchin, who said uh, a while back that he would be open to being an alternative candidate. I mean, he's too conservative for, I think, the majority of the Democratic Party, but I (laughs) mean… There are no other candidates that showed up in the past few months. Is there an alternative out there? I think
0: the issue, I think what the Democrats have boxed them in on is um, Kamala Harris. Kamala would have to step down, take herself out of the running. I don't see why she would do that. What incentive there would be for her to do that. And Newsom could not run with her if that was the case. The 12th Amendment actually says the president and vice president have to be from different parties. I don't think it would be a good... from different parties? Yes. Yes. So there was some concern. There are two... The president and vice president? No, not different parties. Different states. See, I just did it. I just misspoke because I was thinking about something else while I was talking. Let me restate that. The president and vice president have to be from different states. Really? States. That's what I meant to say. The 12th Amendment... Puts them into different states and you were starting to ask me something about that and i was going to continue talking and defend the position without realizing that i had said parties so within the democratic party within the republican party you can't have two candidates from the same state i think there was some fear early on that a state would take over the government if they loaded government with people from their own state so Kamala can't be a candidate with Newsom, so she would have to. And and I think a lot of Democrats like Newsom. You were suggesting a, a more neutral, uh, kind of a middle, more middle character like uh, Manchin. I actually think a lot of Democrats hate Mansion.
1: I know. I mean, he didn't play honestly in in the past few years. Yeah, I don't. Or-
0: I don't think he could get enough support? Two-thirds of the Democratic Mm. vote. So, you know, he would already be starting with a pretty strong deficit. I mean, maybe he'd pick up a few and if he could get all the Republicans. What other
1: alternatives
0: come to your mind? Right now? uh, I haven't really been wrapping my head around this. And there's no public discussion,
1: even not in the media. Nobody is talking about
0: it. Now, I'm supposed to be a liberal, but a year ago. So anyway, I would love to have seen, uh, um, you know, like Cheney running. With but somebody. she's in the wrong party. You know, I, I would give one to the Republicans to help straighten out the country. I, I mean, I I don't like her basic politics, but I think right now more than anything, we need character. So how about we need the, an institutional character? How about Nikki character. Haley then? I think she's pure ambition. I don't know what her, I don't think her character is that strong. I'm not sure she's an institutionalist. You she know, doesn't she's, come across as really honest. She has not come across as sincere. She, or could have,
1: she could have said things about Trump
0: much earlier that she's saying now. and Barely saying now. Yeah. So she's, she wouldn't be my choice. Um, on the democratic side, uh, you know, I'd have to see a roster um, to come up with a name. I, I like the, uh, I think he's a senator now, the former governor from Montana, the farmer, Tesla. I think. Uh, I love that guy. I don't know if he's got the international chops uh, to, to be a president or a vice president, but, you know, again, a person of character, a person that understands work, understands America. So not some of that pretends. I don't want somebody who buys a pickup truck you know for the campaign someone who like owns a pickup truck if i'm going to go down that route the thing about a guy like newsom california california is one of the largest economies in the world i think it's something like you know i always see it rank somewhere between three and eight you know he deals with you know asian markets european markets the guy is super smart fast also super ambitious and you know
1: i mean he showed that why why wouldn't he go on television and and (laughs) debate uh Uh, DeSantis. Uh, I mean, he just wanted to show off. He just wanted to
0: brag that he's kind of presidential material, right? I think so. I think there was also, uh, do you remember when Obama had like a a debate or or like a meeting with something like five or six Republicans um, and pretty much took them all down I mean he's he's a really smart guy. I mean Obama yeah.
1: is like wow, he's more like a scientist. He this guy is is yeah, the brain and of I, all presidents. And,
0: and Newsom I think is kind of in that category. Uh, you know, he he well he knows his data. I mean, I would not argue numbers with him. Hmm. I mean he, I, again, I'm not a big fan of Newsom to be honest. Not my favorite guy, ambitious. Yeah, too ambitious. Yeah, times. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, But it probably takes that kind of ambition to be a president. So what else is going on? Let's talk about Tucker Carlson. He went to Moscow
1: and uh, I don't know if you bothered to watch Tucker Carlson's two-hour interview with Vladimir Putin, the Russian president. I did. And I can tell you, you did not miss a thing, Austin.
0: I'm, you know what, I was going to watch it, but you can spare me by telling me about
1: it. Yeah, I mean, we got to see a Putin who wants to turn back the clock and spread historical conspiracy myths, a Putin who mourns the former greatness of the Soviet Empire, a Putin who talked endlessly, often endlessly, and kept uh, putting Carlson in his place— I had the impression that it was during this interview that Carlson first realized the discrepancy between Putin – he always glorified on his uh, Fox TV shows – and the real Vladimir Putin, a brutal dictator who invaded his neighboring country, whose army attacks civilians in Ukraine and destroys civilian infrastructure, who's uh, kidnapping uh, thousands of children from Ukraine and taking them to Russia, whose soldiers are in indiscriminately killing and raping civilians in Ukraine, if Putin has uh, perhaps achieved one thing, uh, it's that he's been able to speak directly to the MAGA people within the Republican Party. I think that was his uh, goal. And here, of course, he is pursuing the strategy of uh, getting the US to cut off Ukraine's money supply.
0: So, uh, what what else did you get from this interview? So, you you got some, you started sounding really german there for a minute i, I heard you I heard you doing voices it was a little bit
1: scary yeah i mean um, uh, naturally uh, i'm naturally concerned as a european about the possibility of the us withdrawing from europe if donald trump wins uh, the election in november I think uh, Putin's actions are criminal. This guy is really a very dangerous person, and um, he probably uh, uh, will invade other smaller states like Latvia or Lithuania. They are super small. That's why the Europeans uh, sent uh, parts of their armies to these states to support them. The threat has grown significantly, I think, and there is a possibility that Putin will invade one of his neighboring countries, once he has reincorporated Ukraine. And I grew up in West Germany, near Stuttgart. Uh, That's in the southwest. I was born in 1971. The U.S. military had large installations just a few kilometers from where I lived and grew up. And the American presence in West Germany was essential during the cold war they were kind of a they became a part of uh, the west german society in in some regions at least we listened to we listened to the same music so, as, so as the
0: kids in the US So you're saying oh okay so the Americans become part of west german society Kind of yeah because and the you know there were soviets, kind of, the soviets at the time are are East Germany.
1: There are East Germany, but there were more. What I know from history, there were more isolated in East Germany, and and you know the Americans brought their culture to West Germany, and uh, of course uh, we watched the same TV series and movies, and and West Germany was kind of Americanized in in some sort. However, since Donald Trump, uh, the Europeans have started to take action. I mean, they're not that stupid. The German government uh, is investing billions, for example, in their national defense as the German Bundeswehr was neglected after the collapse of the Soviet Union in 1990. It was assumed that, you know, Russia doesn't pose a threat to Europe or to to the Western world anymore. But as we all could see in the past two years, Putin's actions have shown that this is not the case. Western Europeans, they can manage without the Americans. The American military is the best in the world. And U.S. defense companies produce weapons on a scale that Europeans will not be able to achieve in the next five to ten years. And this is why I'm worried about Europe. Uh, If the U.S. withdraw from NATO and if a possible President Trump... Gives Putin a free hand. Our world order is already in a major imbalance, and uh, we can we could see that in Israel, in in Iran, in other parts of the world. And I think we need to take action to prevent further destabilization.
0: There's a a, a feature of democracy, American democracy, which is also a bug, and that is these you know these eight year presidents, four or eight years. We have a president. And our government can completely change directions uh, with an election. And our two-party system sort of creates that. You know, unless you elect Republicans one after another or Democrats one after another, you don't get a moderate shift usually. You get a pretty big shift when you flip from a Republican to a a Democrat. And the concern in Europe, I guess, is that they can't count on Americans. And they saw this this with Trump. And if Trump gets elected again. Yeah,
1: but we're speaking about foreign policy. And in foreign policy, the U.S. was very used used to to be be. like, you know, from... Kissinger up to uh, the the foreign secretaries, they were all kind of on, on the same page, more or less.
0: Yeah. Tr- Trump feels a bit like an isolationist, like, you know, an old Absolutely. school, uh, early uh, 20th century isolationist. And, uh, and, you know, to be fair, uh, this is what was appealing to some of Trump's supporters, this idea that Europeans needed to uh, pay more for their own defense and step up more for their own defense. Now, there are ironies, of course. Uh, um, one being that uh, Article 5 of the NATO uh, treaty has only been used to send troops to support Americans in combat. We've yet to enact Article 5 to go to someone else's defense. This, of course, is one of the concerns about Putin stomping around Europe. Uh, the Americans would have to go to the defense of someone like Poland if... Uh, if um, Putin crossed the border into Poland. It's interesting. We were talking about Putin and Tucker Carlson. when We started this. Um, you know, people are saying I can't pretend that I noticed this, but I will make a couple of observations that you know this is why Putin has an interest in U.S. Uh, elections. And God, there are people who are still trying to figure out what it is that Trump and Putin. You know, what is this relationship? Trump pretends that it's sort of a strong man thing between mm. them. I don't know. Do you remember when Jill Stein was like having uh, dinner with Putin and now convicted former national security advisor for the former president, um, Mike Flynn, general Mike Flynn, you know, there are like these weird things that were happening before the election. So Jill Stein is that there. was before 2016. Supposedly, it's a media event. Correct, correct. And then, and then, and then Jill yeah. Stein from the Green Party. Correct, uh, Jill Stein from the Green Party. And then you got her having dinner with this, you know, uh, guy who uh, uh, pled guilty. Here's the, here's the quote: He uh, pled guilty to willfully and knowingly making materially false statements and omissions to the FBI about conversations with the Russian ambassador to the United States and the ambassadors, uh, Sergei Kislyak.
1: Yeah, the guy who was in, 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 in the White House, and in, in the Oval Office, and, and right, oh,
0: right, Right, that picture, the Sergeis, the two Sergeis, was Sergei Lavrov right, and right, the right. Russian ambassador, uh, uh, Sergei uh, Kislyak, uh, yeah. Lavrov and Kislyak met with Trump, no American translator, no aide, no advisor, uh, just the two Russians and their translator meeting privately with the president. And, um, you know, these two crafty Russians with Trump alone in there. I mean, what the heck was going on there? And, and then Trump comes out and he trusts Putin more than he trusts our, you know, our, our, our security advisors and our intelligence agencies. There's this other thing that happens. Um, you know, people talk about Russian interference in the U.S. election. And they think it's going to be Russian hackers somehow changing the votes in the machines. What it actually is, and this it's happened. More obvious. Well, it's we could, what, it's we what happened with it. Jill Stein. What happened with Jill Stein? Or with Tucker Carlson? State or Tucker Carlson or, or Jill? Absolutely. So let me tell you the Jill Stein thing. So in Michigan, mm-hmm. which um, Hillary Clinton uh, lost by just a few thousand votes, giving the state of Michigan to Trump possibly being the state that turned the election, third party, people who showed an interest in the third party were getting emails that said, it's time to make a stand for third parties. It's not a wasted vote. Vote your conscience, vote your heart, vote for Jill Stein. Those were coming from Russia. Those were Russian bots. And that's what it's going to be. It's going to be like this disinformation campaign. It's going to be free advertising for third-party candidates. There was a guy in uh, New York, and he he was uh, in charge of some black organization, and he was getting emails encouraging him to take his group to counter-protest some white supremacists coming from the Russians. The Russians were trying to get these black activists and these white supremacists in the same place at the same time. So there would be a riot and that would be part of the stuff that got Trump elected because he was the strong man. And I'm not doing conspiracy theories here. This is stuff that's been documented. People that were watching the net, watching, you know, the, the security apparatus, that's, that's, how the Russians are going to be involved I in this election. I it's going to be small, little crappy things that you wouldn't necessarily think about.
1: Austin, I don't doubt that because Putin's party... Supports is supporting a lot of right wing parties in Western Europe, in Austria. There are close connections to the AFD, the Alternative for Germany, that right wing party as well. And of course, Putin was, according to various reports, uh, Russia was involved uh, in, in the whole Brexit process because what Putin wants is to um, weaken the west separate them from each other and i mean his biggest project is of course the u.s he doesn't want the u.s to support ukraine anymore he wants to use the the big divide between republicans and democrats and uh, that is what he's banking on. I mean, that's the, that's the whole thing. But uh, I mean, coming back to your point
0: about uh, Jill Stein, I mean, I mean, there's this other group. Uh, and, and, and let me interrupt. I like the Green Party. If we lived in a system that did more for a third party, that made it more viable, if the Green Party came out one day and had 40% of the vote, I would maybe try to push them over the top. But that's not the way our system works. Anyway, what about Jill Stein?
1: I I wanted to ask you about that um, other political group that wants to come up um, with an alternative candidate. Um, Maybe that's also kind of a, a way to get Trump elected. They come up with that idea, okay, uh, you know, Joe Biden is too old. uh, 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 Trump has his flaws. He's too old as well. So here's our alternative candidate. And then, of course, um, uh, that will cost Biden uh, uh, probably more votes than it will cost uh, Trump.
0: Hard to say. I think there is a natural desire for a third party right now. I think there are people who are rightfully frustrated with the Republicans who are Republicans, and they will never go to the Democrats, and they would like some alternative. I, as someone who has, for most of my adult life, been a Democrat, I've been non-declared and independent and other things at other times, but um, uh, I could see some frustration there. I I would like to see any third party would have to be able to pick up a large, Chunk of the other parties in order to be viable, but that might be a strategy for interference uh, and for
1: stealing kind of in the swing states the yes, necessary yeah. votes. That
0: yeah, yeah, because our states are winner take all on the electoral college. If,
1: just say eleven thousand seven hundred and eighty votes.
0: Was that what the Michigan? No, that was Georgia. Was like? That was Georgia, it, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you know, ten thousand votes is not a whole lot of votes in exactly. a state of a couple of million people, and if you could just get a few people to stay home or to go to a third party, you can uh, cause you know cause a change in a in a, a predicted outcome. It's probably far fetched to
1: say that a, a, a guy like Putin is behind such an organization, but it it could be that these people tend to. Uh, support, like in secret, Donald Trump. And, and, and that's the reason why they come up with an alternative candidate, because they know that this candidate would uh, b- b-
0: take more votes from Joe Biden. Well, I, th- I think there is a natural desire to look at alternatives. Right now in particular, people are frustrated. That doesn't mean that if a third party became viable, uh, let, me, let me rephrase that. If a third party became interesting, i'm pretty sure that there would be an incentive for foreign powers like the soviet like russia not soviet Union. like russia china maybe there would be an incentive for a foreign power to hit the internet with disinformation with a get out the vote campaign for the third party to pull enough votes away from a candidate they wanted to see diminished um i would i would expect that i would i would Pretty much, uh, I could guarantee. I would bet on that. I would bet money on on that possibility. Now, is he? You know, is Putin secretly behind Joe Manchin? Probably not. No, no, I don't think that. But, <laughs> I mean, but, yes. but but if there's a third party that can diminish the Democrats, guaranteed, the Russians will be guaranteed online. Shifting as much uh, attention as they can away from the Democrats to the third. It, all they have to do is move a few thousand votes in key states. Just a few thousand votes in key states. I told you before,
1: um, Putin used to be a KGB officer in Dresden, in former uh, that's a, a city in 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 former East Germany. His German is, by the way, pretty good. Uh, in in the past, he gave uh, German television a couple of interviews in German. He is able to to spot the weakness of a person very quickly. Um, We could see that uh, my former boss, who used to be the speaker of the German government, he accompanied former Chancellor Merkel to Russia um, 10 years, 15 years ago. And uh, Putin knew that uh, Merkel is afraid of dogs. So when they had that official press event uh, where journalists could take photos and, and could ask brief questions he came out with his dogs next to him and that was kind of uh, for merkel she was she was distracted during that time and, and and he's doing all sorts of things and of course he is a guy like we could see in in the tucker carlson interview who kind of uh, gets very aggressive and tells Carter and Tucker Carlson, um, please wait, let me finish. And then he speaks like half an hour and he doesn't want to be interrupted. And, this, and of course, he wanted to plant a seat directly um, to the MAGA fraction uh, of the Republican Party by speaking to Tucker
0: Carlson. Yeah, it's like t- typical uh, dictator stuff. Uh, you know, just real quick, uh, George Bush uh, went to see, met with Putin, and Putin wore the cross on his neck. He wore a crucifix on his neck. And then Putin, then Bush comes out and says he could see the man's soul. He could see into his soul. He could tell he was sincere about, you know, wanting to have a better relationship. I doubt Putin has ever worn the cross other than on that day. You know, the other thing, you know, Tucker Carlson, um, you know, meeting, how afraid must you be to sit in a room with this man who, you know, has had thrown, you know, people thrown out of windows and poisoned with radioactive material. And then it's hard for me not to think I I would like, if I was a reporter covering Tucker Carlson in Russia, I would have wanted to be outside of his hotel room all night to see what went in and out of that hotel room because you know Putin showed Tucker Carlson some photographs of himself right before that interview.
2: <laughs> but
1: hey, Austin, we have to talk about uh, the Supreme Court real quick. I mean, uh, I was following the, 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 the session of the Supreme Court, you were following it, uh, we were talking uh, in between, and it was it became apparent after a couple of minutes that the Supreme Court wouldn't lean towards Colorado
0: yeah hard to say because uh they can uh, ask any questions, but uh, that does seem to be the consensus. I was kind of getting that impression as well um I don't know I don't know how to read this it's it's it seems like the counter argument was off the table uh the attorney and I had his name somewhere I'm trying to remember the name of the attorney for the uh, for Colorado but uh, you know, at one point, uh, he was being asked by um, uh, No Brown, I think, about whether or not, you know, they could, could one state d- deny a candidate, you know, keep him from all the other states. And he did I say, mean, that was the in- essential question. Yeah, that was the essential question. And, and he did point out that uh, the former president, uh, you know, was trying to deny 75 or whatever, 80, 70 million people their vote. Uh, and that seems to be part of the argument that everybody sort of didn't go to or or avoided you know for instance um, you you know uh, we live in a in a Republic where the states do have quite a bit of power they you know uh, presidents get elected without every state they you know we do have this system, and it's winner take all, which is winner take all, which is fundamentally undemocratic. And uh, you know, so all right, so you don't get Colorado's vote. Well, you know, maybe you should be able to win by more than one state. Um, but that argument, you know, the key arguments were, they, they were well. This is what happens at the Supreme Court. They're really working on nuance, like what did it mean to be an officer of the country? And there's this weird thing where. Because President Trump never held office before, he never took an oath before, and his presidential oath is somehow different different from what a senator would take or an officer in the military. I took the national oath to be a school board member 40 years ago, and I took it to be in the service, and I took it once when I got a job in a school district. This guy has never served his country. He never served in a school district. Uh, he never took the oath that said he would, you know, defend the Constitution, except as president. And then they're saying, but that one's different. You know, that one. That one's different. So he didn't really take that oath. And he's not really an officer. He held an office. I think that kind of nuance drives people crazy because common sense seems to say that the intent of the amendment was to protect the country from people who I don't see why you would have to have taken an oath in the past. And, and that, I mean, I know when they wrote that amendment, it was to prevent former Confederate uh, politicians and officers from working their way back up through uh, the government into positions of power. But if, you know, for, being clear, uh, no one who's threatened the Constitution of the United States, whether or not they ever took an oath, whether or not they ever held office, whether or not they're in an office, should be eligible to all of a sudden run for president. But, you know, they're they're going to argue the, these fine points of the law.
1: I think they b- wanted to make sure that a, a process where a state has to decide is not politically charged. And I think that's a valid point because another state, uh, a Republican-leaning state could come up and say, hey, that candidate of the Democrats, mm, we have our problems with that. And uh, I mean, that, it, it is a valid point. I understand the Supreme Court and I understand also the Supreme Court that they didn't want to go into nitty-gritty details what happened uh, in Jan- on January 6th. It, I think that's not their job. That's the job of prosecutors and and not the job of the Supreme Court.
0: Well, I got the feeling that they wanted a court to have already said that insurrection had clearly occurred, the president had clearly done it, and therefore should be barred, you know, from running for so. I, I kind of feel like they given, avoided the. Well, there, there is. A lack of clarity. There is a lack of current law. I kind of agree that states, you know, shouldn't have a very, they shouldn't have a low bar. They should have a fairly high bar to saying someone is an insurrectionist. Maybe they need a conviction before they can say that and apply that rule. So maybe this one goes down and this law needs to be cleaned up. The court could do that if they wanted to. But they didn't want as, going as, to go into the trenches. I know, but they didn't want this to. Is, this I know is they didn't dirty, want to. this would have been. I know they didn't want to and they probably don't have the votes for it. Um, but, you know, the, the Supreme Court could say, okay, we're going to look at the facts of the case, and yeah, even though that's mm-hmm. typically not their their realm, they are the Supreme Court. But to your point, I, yeah, I think I think uh, Colorado's going to lose this bout. Other states, uh, won't, you know, won't continue to pursue trying to keep Trump off the ballot, but I will say it probably should have been done years ago, but it's probably a worthwhile thing to figure out. Now, whether that can be done, you know, through uh, the law, through the Senate and Congress, uh, or whether it has to be an amendment to the Constitution, I think it would be fair to say, you know, to be president, you got to be 35, you got to be a natural born citizen, and you can't have been convicted of XYZ crimes, one of them being trying to overthrow the government. And then, have some rules about what you would need to to prove those things so what do we got we got like a birth certificate and you know a clean court record you know bef- before we say goodbye today i just wanted to go back to the the, the Sergei's meeting with trump in the white house Labroff and and uh kislov yeah
1: the, the, the ambassador God, to... do you remember how
0: happy they looked coming out of that meeting being Trump, in the Oval Office. Trump didn't like, and you're just thinking. This is know, like. Ugh. You're thinking. You're thinking. You know. All the electronic devices. They planted. While they were in there. <laughs> All the all the photo albums they went through with Donald Trump about his exploits that were captured on. Uh, <laughs> but I, I
1: <laughs> but, well, I, I found that that meeting was appalling. Shocking. That was shocking. shocking. But shocking. the other the other meeting with uh, Putin a, a couple of months or years later, I think it was in in Helsinki or yeah, somewhere oh, right, right. where he where Trump. Trump looked and, scared and beaten. Yeah, not only that, but he was talking very badly about uh, the, the NSA and the CIA, right, that they were right, all wrong right. in he public. He said, I and don't know. On, what I kind don't of know.
0: He said, I don't know why the Russians would interfere with the American election.
2: People came to me, Dan Coats came to me and some others, they said they think it's Russia. Uh, I have uh, President Putin. Uh, He just said it's not Russia. I will say this. I don't see any reason why it would be. I will tell you that President Putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today. And what he did is an incredible offer. He offered to have the people working on the case come and work with their investigators with respect to the 12 people. I think that's an incredible offer. I think that the United States has been foolish. I think that the the probe is a disaster for our country. I think it's kept us apart. It's kept us separated. There was no collusion at all. Uh, everybody knows it. Uh, people are being brought out to the fore. Uh, so far that I know, virtually none of it related to the campaign. And they're going to have to try really hard to find somebody that did relate to the campaign. That was a clean campaign. I beat Hillary Clinton easily. And I'm like,
0: I can think of 10 reasons why they would interfere with an American election. We just talked about some of them. That that meeting was also appalling. But I want to go back to the White House flood because you know when that meeting was over. Mm-hmm. That the security people at the White House—they probably went nuts. They probably they had they had like a team of guys in there with metal detectors looking for like the microphones, and and they were just going off. It was like a disco. They were going like beep 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 beep. time beep 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 beep. You know, you know, they were just it just must have been crazy. Now, of course, I'm making all that up because I really don't know. But it probably happened. But that's what I think about. I think. You got these three Russians in the Oval Office with Trump all alone. You know they had to have tried something. And, and they, they probably didn't have to try much because out of that meeting, the White House had to admit that he gave them uh, security secrets about our, our war against the terrorism, uh, against the uh, Muslim uh, the Muslim state, the Islamic state. And I think some of that compromised some Israeli intelligence. They had to come out later on. And, and I, think, I think they had, while well, they admitted that that happened. I, I think there might have been, they had, to, they had to declassify some documents or something to cover the president's butt or something. But, but, oh my God. Anyway, so I cannot imagine any reason why we should expect any interference from the Russians for this next election. I don't think they have any interest at all. And by the way, there was something else. You're talking about Ukraine. Uh This was another episode of, let's see, what is it? We're uh, Yanks and Cranks. Y- no. Yanks oh. and crouts. And it's Yanks
1: and crouts, Austin. It's super okay. easy.
0: Yanks and crouts. Can we okay. practice that? We're going to still have to talk about that name. We might have to come up with something. I do think that when I run off and tell like a crazy story, mm-hmm. we're going to call those segments Yanking My Crank. <laughs> And you're going to say, Austin, were you just yanking my crank? And I will take a moment to reflect and I'll say that story is mostly true, completely made up, or as far as I know, that was a true story.
1: We're going to do that next time in Yanks and Krauts. Thank you so much for listening. Yanks and
0: Krauts, thank you.